Thank you and good morning. You are listening to Spitting Silver and Black on the SB Nation Silver and Black Ride Podcast Network. My name is Nyan Faya. I'm here with my man, Kaylin. Say what's up. Hey, what's up? Uh, we are here with Spitting Silver and Black, a new podcast driven by the love for Raiders football and the big transition to Las Vegas. As the Raiders continue to add their everlasting legacy of being a major staple in the National Football League. How are you doing today, Kaylin? I'm I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing really fantabulous. It's February. It's Black History Month. Really good month. The third week of our semester here. Um, for those who don't know, we are broadcasting out of a UNLV, and uh, Kaylin and I are journalism majors. We both go to school here at UNLV. Yeah, yeah. We actually have class together, so this is awesome. Everybody, say what up to my man Addy. What's up, man? So I know a lot of you guys know that once Oakland Raiders are coming to Las Vegas, are going to become the Las Vegas Raiders. This is the first time that Las Vegas has had a, a professional football team. Exactly, a professional football team. As of recently, last year, we've had a professional team. Teams, excuse me, with the Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Las Vegas Aces. So I think that the Las Vegas Raiders will fit in just fine and be a great addition to the sports realm here in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, it would. With the... Football coming here. Football is right now one of the biggest sports in America. And for an NFL team coming to Vegas, that is huge. That's even bigger than the hockey team here. I can see that. I can see that uh, because football is just such a globally syndicated sport. And it's everybody has football as one of their favorite. Even if it's not the favorite, it's in the top three. And so many people watch the Super Bowl. I think it was like 44.3 million people or so miracle watching it, the Super Bowl. And that just points to how significant football is in America and how it takes place in everyone's life. And the Super Bowl was the last Sunday, resulting in the Patriots win of 13-3, yeah. crushed the Rams. How do you feel about the game? Oh, I thought it was a great game. I love seeing good coaching. Wade Phillips did an excellent job in game playing against Tom Brady and the Patriots offense, which can be sometimes explosive with the likes of uh, James White, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski. You have a bunch of people, a bunch of players on the Patriots who can do damage. But Wade Phillips is able to shut them down, and I love seeing good defense. Especially with the Patriots, Bill Belichick, Brian Flores, who is now the head coach with Miami. It's great to see the defenses finally show, because that side does not get enough credit. Yeah, I agree. The defense well played on both sides. I think that because of the defense, it was such a low-scoring game. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was definitely good that way. It was good, but I will say this. I have seen more exciting Super Bowls. I find that watching the Super Bowl, it's such a hyped-up event. But I'm often let down by the gameplay. It's it's scary. Everybody's timid. It is a big, it's a larger stage. I get that. I'd rather watch Thanksgiving Day football, Christmas Day football, than Super Bowl Sunday. I'd rather watch Super Bowl Sunday. It's great. The whole family's involved. The whole universe is basically involved. Mm-hmm. And everyone watching the Super Bowl... It's great, and Super Bowl, it's so hyped up that it even adds to the excitement. Everyone <laughs> parties. It's a reason to get drunk, and it's a reason to party. It's a reason to do whatever mm-hmm. because it, it's just great football. And this Sunday I was not necessarily let down because you, ha- you also had great catches. That one by Rob Gronkowski in triple coverage was great. He, he got like a one-yard line. He's just too big. Oh come on! He he hardly had oh, no. a good year. I'm I'm saying I'm I mean that as a compliment. Like the guy is just too big. Like you can't stop him. Like you need three guys to take Gronk down. Yeah, but even with three guys, you can't even take him down. See, that's what that's my point. But I do agree with one point that you said. 
as far as the collaborative family element because it's hard to get a lot of a lot of family in one room and the Super Bowl does bring that together. Hopefully, we can see the Raiders in the Super Bowl. The last time they were in the Super Bowl was 2002. And supposedly the hosting one in 2025 and if they were in it during that time, they'd be the first team ever to play in a Super Bowl at their home stadium. Minnesota almost did last year after the Minnesota Miracle by Stefan Diggs last year, but they but the Raiders can do it this next year. Was it MetLife Stadium? Was it Minnesota? I, I think, think so. It, I think it, I think it's US Bank Stadium. US Bank. What's MetLife? Is that Met, MetLife is New York Jets, New York. New York. Okay. I just for some reason I just like that stadium. Um, so we're gonna get to the three Raider moments that we have. Um, we're gonna go down and count down in sequential order our three favorite Raider moments, and I'll start starting at number three for myself. The Hall of Famer Raiders event at Top Golf was one of my first Las Vegas Raider encounters. This past 2018, I was working at Top Golf as a food runner. We had an event that took up three floors with the Raiders. They came in, all of the Hall of Famers were invited to enjoy festivities at Top Golf, and it was amazing because I got to actually meet legends network I actually had a few Raider ambassadors as my friends so it was cool to work with them also and it was just very real that it was making it very real to me that the Raiders were coming to Las Vegas yeah I had similar experience because during one October or a class assignment I was able to interview some current Raiders players at uh, Las Vegas Metro their headquarters and it was great to be able to meet them then the NFL Alumni Association is coming I've been able to meet honored to meet some former Raiders players and they're also excited but what my favorite moment is recently is that Mike Mayock was hired as general manager of the Oakland Raiders. I really love that move for the Raiders. I've always wanted to see, always wanted to see an NFL analyst, draft analyst come into a position like that. It's a study film non-stop. They study every single team. They know how every single team works. Mike Mack has missed roughly 20 picks over the last couple of years, but still to get 10 picks right and to know many teams, not just your team, but all, every single team, to get to know that is just outstanding. And going into the Raiders facility as a general manager now getting to make the selections for the Raiders, it's amazing because... He's evaluated a ton of film over the past few years. He has a ton of people to rely on. And what he knows what other teams do. And then he'll do his own research. And it's great to see that. And the collaborative effort between the head coach, John Gruden, and Mike Max, I think it grew even stronger. Because with Gruden's time in the booth, it was great. it's great to see two people coming from the same setting, coming together as one in a professional setting because it, it will just show the collaboration everyone does behind the scenes and it just will add to the camaraderie that the two have made already. I agree. I think that's smart because he was a former NFL analyst, so he knows all ins and out of all teams, like you mentioned, and that can be very, very critical knowing how other people's other people play, but it's even better when you're using it to your advantage in-house and they're calling the shots. Because it's like a poker game. You have to call other people's bluff. You have to know who they're going to select. You have to know the ins and outs of who they're going to select. Kansas City, I believe we got a couple picks right for them the last couple of years mm-hmm. about who they're going to pick and knowing them as a division rival helps you drafting your position 
teams because you hold the number 24th and 27th pick later in the first round where Kansas City is going to select. And you're going to know who they're going to take and you know who you playing should take up until then because it's going to help you game plan and call people's bluff. Yeah, well, we'll definitely see how Max move benefit us during the offseason and the draft coming up this summer. Oh, yeah. For my third Raider moment was the Raiders versus Broncos on Christmas Eve. It started. The game started off with a 99-yard uh, return received by uh, Dwayne Harris. And he went the for a touchdown. The former giant. And he went for a touchdown. I mean, it was the last game that they played in the Oakland Coliseum, and they wound up winning the, they wound up beating the Broncos 27-14. So that was really nice to see. That 99-yard Return was just it, it, it's on it's on match. It's almost like twelve players a uh, few years ago, the longest run by a quarterback in Raiders history. I believe it was like seventy or ninety yards, something like that. Mm-hmm. But it, it was a great return, and it was great for them to win for the fans, for everyone at the Oakland Alameda Coliseum. Yeah. And lo- Lord knows who's going, where they're going to play this upcoming year because AT&T is rumored at his place, but now it's like. The Niners might not uh, uh, okay it, which is the latest news. With the base, that baseball field. Yeah, 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 the baseball field. Yeah, uh, I've seen something about but that. But the the latest thing coming from Bleacher Report is that they, the San Francisco Forty Niners, because the stadium, baseball stadium, is in the same area district as the Niners. The Niners will have to okay, approve the contract for them to stay there, mm-hmm. play there. But the latest thing is connected. that, yeah, yeah, in the same area and t- on territorial grounds. But latest thing coming out of San Francisco is that the Niners are not going to approve the contract. I'm pretty sure they're not. Oh, I, I, I bet not. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they want to keep their fans. They want to keep everyone. It's a rival too. They're not it's going to keep them. It's a rival. But so you don't want you don't want to just be stepping on anybody's toes and disrespecting the set. Okay, this is this is my team. And then if you think about it. The, just the ground and the area and the people of that area who fun you know rivalry is always fun it will add to that oh no with doubt. it being more in the city but i do feel like we should just there's a line and that's like you're crossing into raider country this is niner country yeah i i have a feeling they might end up in san diego even though the chargers still own that ground because they, they were there a couple years ago and they're now in la but mm-hmm. i have a feeling they'll go there I, I don't yeah. know where they'll go, but I have a feeling they will the go San there. The San Diego Raiders? Uh, mm. the, well, they'll go there because there's an NFL-caliber stadium sitting there with nothing, with nobody in there. Yeah. And it, it's like a waste of taxpayer money right now. And who's going to play there? It's going, it would be perfect It'll for the Raiders to play there because they can get new fans there. Yeah. And it's close enough yeah. to Vegas where it's, you know, it, it's a hop, skip, and jump away. It's literally the road leading to Las Vegas. And th- you're right. It wouldn't make sense to spend a million dollars to create a new stadium when, you're gonna, when one is actually being built for you right now here in Las Vegas. Yeah, but and plus the stadium in uh, San Diego is uh, ready to play in tomorrow. It, you can use it for one <laughs> one, one season. Yeah. One season is going Makes to sense. be perfect for one them. One contract, I, exactly. And because there's they're definitely not going to stay in Oakland with the lawsuit unless that all of a sudden amazingly gets fixed. Yeah, I doubt it. Um, and did you have a, another Raider memory? I mean, excuse me, moment for yourself. Um, I, like I brought up earlier, the 12-player uh, 
quarterback run. I bring that up because that season, they were anemic at the quarterback position. And Terrell Pryor sparked to that offense that nobody saw that season at all. And for him to run the ball like 70, 80 yards is amazing for a quarterback to run that, especially given the year that they were having, which is t- a terrible year under De- Dennis Allen, the, who's now the uh, New Orleans Saints defense coordinator. The season they were having was tough enough, but he added a spark. He added a sense of excitement. He added a sense of belief for the fans and for all the spectators. Yeah, that was a good moment. From that next, the last moment that I have for myself is, I have to get the date. I need to get the date. I have the date in my phone. Um, I found the date. It was August twenty fourth, two thousand eighteen. The Las Vegas Raiders first showcase. I believe it was against the Rams. I think we did beat the Rams at the Las Vegas Downtown Convention Center. Uh, it was a great day. It was a huge Raider event at the Downtown Convention Center. This was like the debut to the community that the Raiders were really here. It was food trucks. They had all the Raiders ambassadors there. It was uh, on the t- it was on turf. They were playing the the Big Three was on the jumbotron. They had a Fox News Now was there. John Heck was uh, hosting the event. They had a pool. They had drinks. They had sounds like the whole everything. town was involved. Yeah, the whole town was there. They had a they were they were selling the, the limited edition new uh, Las Vegas Raiders gear. It was free to the public. The only thing was you just couldn't bring food or drink in, and that's fine because they had plenty there. It was awesome because we did win that game, and it was just again very surreal. Let, letting me know as a Vegas native that they are here, they are coming, and we have definitely opened you guys. With open arms, we need you guys. If anything, we need you guys. When when the announcement for the Raiders coming here happened, it literally lit a due fire. To, due under, to Joe. Due to Joe. You know, first of all, let's go ahead and before I even break this, let's give a shout out to Joe Arrigo, the number one, number one journalist in uh, Las Vegas community. Has he has your UNLV football? Not even Raider number football. one journalist in Las Vegas, but the number one journalist, number one reporter, number one person in the entire number one world. Recruit, recruit in the world. Joe Rigo. Joe Rigo. <laughs> yeah, so when he broke that, when we found that out, it felt like the whole city was literally on fire because we had hope. We were like, oh, yeah, we're just not tumbleweed and, and mountains and rock anymore. We actually have a purpose. It it's making us more cultured as a city, and I think that this is going to be a great move. I think that the Raiders have found their home. They don't need to be jumping around oh, anymore. Oh yeah, and finally, even though um, John Gruden will miss the dirt, finally, maybe they can incorporate here a little bit. But finally, they are in a football stadium. It's <laughs> I, so many people have gotten rid of the baseball football combination. And the Raiders in Oakland are like the only ones who haven't yet or who hadn't. And I know Cleveland got, I'm from Cleveland, and they got rid of it in late 90s when Cleveland um, got rid of when Art Modell moved the Browns. But the it will be amazing for the Raiders to finally have their own stadium, put their own stamp on a stadium, put their own history in their own stadium. Mm-hmm. And his, you mentioned history. They will... Just the the first punt return, the first kick, that is history. And that's going to have a booming effect. Yes. If, if you don't know it already, 
you better be there because it's going to be the greatest show on earth, literally. Literally. <laughs> so so we're so you're trying to say that we're gonna top Showtime, the Lakers. Oh, oh yeah, and it's going to be with that will be like an earthquake in Las Vegas. I know the Seahawks did a few years ago. I know Kansas City has done, but it will be an earthquake in and of itself. Mm-hmm. when the Raiders finally kick off in Las Vegas. I agree. that, Like I said before, that kick return will be something major. The whole city will literally erupt. Same way that, that we did when the Golden Knights came to Vegas. The support was there even before they started building oh, oh yeah, especially Arena. And with 1 October with them, it made it even better. Uh, just mentioning 1 October, we just want to go ahead and Th- Thank respects. all the first responders. All thank the first you responders. to all the people who helped out. Thank you to everyone who helped them become who they are and helped make Vegas strong and Vegas even stronger than was already. And we want to send our condolences, to, of course, to all the families and to all the loved ones, to all, everyone who knew someone or lost someone there mm-hmm. or who was injured in the attack. We want to send our condolences and we want to uh, wish you a happier and healthier life than what you had up to that point. And definitely our, our deepest, uh, Spitting in Black offers our deepest condolences here because it affected the city as a whole, and it's not something that we should forget. And it's it's this literally happened two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. But it doesn't and, feel and, like and, it. And being and being in Las Vegas and being that UNLV people were housed on UNLV, and it doesn't feel that it was that long ago. No. But it feels like it was yesterday to all of us here. But it's it it it, it happened, mm-hmm. and we can never forget that. Mm-hmm. But we must, and we must always remember those people and uh, uh, the sense everyone felt the crosses i went there once and it was the greatest sense of unity the quietest uh time i've heard people in las vegas it was it was like surreal to me because people he, people even spread ashes next to a cross there. i saw someone's ashes over there it, it just brought everything together and he, he, I, I hardly ever get emotional but i was getting emotional over there yes and speaking of History. I think I'm so happy we paid our respects to them. Our, speaking of history, uh, yesterday in history, 50 years ago yesterday, the Oakland Raiders hired John Madden as head coach at only 32 years old. And Madden just went on and made an entire name for himself, uh, for the Raiders. What do you play now if you're playing a football game? You're only playing Madden. And and remember the coach, Sean McVay? He's only mm-hmm. 33 right now. He was 32 for a majority of the season. Another young coach, Zach Taylor, QB coach mm-hmm. for the uh, for the L.A. Rams. He's now the head coach. Cincinnati, a whole youth movement taking place decades after John Madden. Maybe they finally learned from that. Yeah, I think they did. And it's it's always good to go out on a young coach because they have new, young, innovative ideas. And and, and then the players can grow with each other. Players can Trust. grow with the staff. Everyone can grow together. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be there for, for a long time. And that's going to help everyone because they're going to build chemistry. They're going to know the system ins and outs of it. And they're going to be able to grow, adapt, and do everything together. We'll be right back after this. Um, we're going to get into the next segment. Raider, Raider. Who do you have for your greater Raider? Uh, Gary uh, G- Conley. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, he's he's definitely helped this team move in a better place. He's one of the only picks from the Reg McKenzie era 
that still remains with the Raiders, and he was a first-round pick, and for him to stay with the Raiders, he's going to be part of the big movement and the big shakeup that the Raiders are going to have. By shakeup, I don't mean everyone's going to leave, but the shakeup, as in everyone is going to, um, the Raiders are going to get better. He's going to be part of the big youth movement going to be taking place with their three um, first-round draft picks among the boatload of others. Yeah, and not to mention, Garyon did play for Ohio State, is that right? Yeah, he played for the Ohio State. Oh, yeah, the Ohio State. And that's your hometown, right, Galen? Uh, oh, yeah, my hometown's Cleveland. <laughs> in, ca- in, ca- in case no one has gotten that yet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my greater Raider will have to go to kicker uh, Daniel Carl- Carlson. excuse me. And the reason I like these stories is because he missed the first game winner. Um, Carlson was uh, picked up by the Raiders midseason as an injury replacement, um, and he had the best career for a kicker that the oh, yeah, Raiders he was cut ever by Minnesota had. early in the year. Right, he, they they chopped him and then he just went and redeemed himself. Um he missed a, like I said he missed a game winner and he recovered with a record of 16 and 17 with in a 100% on um extra point attempts. And I want to give a shout out though to Sebastian Janikowski who is one of the oldest players in the league right now, but he wanted to come to Las Vegas and he got injured a lot. Uh, in his later years in Oakland, he was with C- Seattle later on in the year. But he wanted to come in Vegas. He loved the team. But um, it's sad they won't be part of the team for the future. But it's great that they found another, again, another young player that can have an immediate impact. Yeah, and so that's it for our greater Raider. What's cracking and what's lacking? So this segment, what's cracking and what's lacking? They need lacking? a whole new defense. <laughs> wait, wait. I was going to do the lacking. Um, so what's cracking and what lacking is our segment here on Silver and Black where we will discuss and decipher what's good and what's bad. But in, good and bad sounds too lame. So what's cracking and what's lacking? I'll go up with one person. I'll give it one person. Martavius Bryant. Um. He's he's lacking. He should be cut. The only reason he was there was because, according to, I mean, I mean, they needed players. They needed wide receivers there. But he's. I don't think he's part of the long term plan. And I know Joe Rigo surely doesn't. No, I'm pretty sure Joe agrees. Uh, Martavius Bryant was the third round pick. He was supposed to by the Steelers. By the Steelers, um, he was supposed to do miracles. But he was tr- for the Raiders' offense. However, he got hurt on the tenth week. Then he was suspended indefinitely to due to the violation of the league's substance laws. Yeah, and every player gets involved with that. He, it, and Josh Gordon, one league's best receiver, who who just won a ring with the Patriots, was suspended midseason. Mm-hmm. Just because of we, hitting well, uh, a little, co- hitting a little, everything. Do, anything, you know, just the vices, you know. So what do you think is lacking, Kaylin? They need a whole new defense. I, I think they need a defensive end and athletic defensive end. I agree with the decision to go with Cleo Mack. Because really? I, I don't agree with paying a defensive end twenty mil, more than twenty million for a position that you can easily get in the next draft. And when you need skill positions, I would build up the wide receivers because you definitely need a wide receiver. Come on, mm-hmm. who, who are we kidding? You need a wide receiver if you're Oakland. You need a you need younger running backs. You can't live on Doug Martin. I, I know. Um, I, I know that Marshawn Lynch was on a two-year deal and is set to be a free agent if he stays around. I know, I heard that John Gruden wanted him back and they'd welcome him back with open arms if he wanted to come back for another year. And But they need to get a younger player. And I know uh, people have brought up 
um, Bryce Love, uh, the former Stanford standout running back, uh, as their new, as a younger option later on. He just has had an ACL injury, but that's why you get him later in the rounds, like third or fourth round. Or you can get someone, uh, another young running back in the draft, and you use one of your picks in that. But you definitely need a wide receiver. I like the wide receiver out of Iowa State. I, I, I forget his name at this point. Uh, he's six, he's like 6'7", and he, he has a wide catch radius. And he is great. And I, I, I would pick him up with one of your first round picks because he is going to be an impact in the league. And I, be, I truly believe that for him. And he had a great bowl game as well. Mm-hmm. I, and I wherever his, uh, were you thinking of Landon Acres or no, no, he's entering the draft this year. Was it Deshante Jones? No, uh, he he had a big bowl game. I forget if they played in the bowl game, but he had a great, uh, he had a great bowl game. And I would I would pick him up if I were the Raiders. I'd also pick up another offensive lineman as well as pick some players. De- you definitely need a whole new defense. A whole new defense is right, and I, but I don't think that Marshawn would be a fool to leave. If you think he, about he's it, he's a free agent. He's a free agent. Yes, and he he can retire again. He can and retire, but huh? Do you and, think and, that and he missed ten games from a, his second serious groin injury in? His career. I mean, yes, I, I I can see the reasons for him leaving. And if I were him, I mean, I don't know why I do, but I if I came back to play in Oakland, I'd only play in Oakland. And other than that, I, I'd retire because it's like, what what am I going to do here? I'm just staying around. Have him enjoy himself. He own per- person, as everyone knows, and th- that's what I think he should do. Well, personally, I feel like he's not gonna leave. He already has. He already opened Beast Mode, his own store and his own clothing brand in Las Vegas. There's a new stadium being built as we speak in Las Vegas, only a state over from his home he, state. He he can go on. He can be on coaching staff. He could be an <laughs> offensive quality you control coach. You can't play. You can't play on the gridiron. He can help out with personnel. He can do another thing because he can't play the, under the, the lights field, as a coaching staff. On the field, I think he he he's great, but I don't. I were him. The only reason I believe he came back was because he wanted to play in Oakland, and I don't think he's going to come back because he's not going. To, he's not going to play in Oakland. I know he has a brand here, but he's a huge Raiders person. And he's going to be involved with the Raiders no matter what. And I would just add him as a assistant coach. But do you think that no, 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 no? There, there. Sorry, there is no way that Marshawn Lynch will be assisting anybody as a coach. You just tried to play yourself right there. Absolutely not. I feel like he's not leaving because why would you want to miss agent. out? He's a free agent, but that doesn't mean he can't resign. He, he can resign, but I'm just saying if I were him, I would rather see if I could be part of the coaching staff rather than be there on the field. But because the franchise I, itself, the Raiders coming to Las Vegas, look, look, Vegas was cool without the Raiders, but with the Raiders, that just blew up the entire franchise. Yeah, and then yeah, think about yeah it like but this. he's from Oakland. Okay, yes, he's from Oakland, but he's still a Raider. I'm pretty sure he watched the Bad Boys growing up. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he might have. He probably did. But I, I, if I were him, I wouldn't risk another injury for playing somewhere where I don't want to play. That's why he wanted to get out of uh, Seattle, even though he had both loads of successor. He won a couple of Super Bowls and everything in Seattle. He has his ring. And I would become a coach because I believe he would be a great coach. I wouldn't risk another injury. I, I do. I see your point. I see your point. 
Okay, we'll, we'll just agree to disagree. <laughs> okay, so the last segment that we have is the end zone. Uh, this is the ending of our show. We're wrapping it up. It has really been a great first episode. It's our pleasure. What are some things, what are some key points that you took away from this episode, Kay? I, I took away that they needed new audio series, and I also took away uh, that one of your key moments, which I didn't know was the Dwayne Harris kick the, this game, and... I, I didn't think of how monumental that was, but now I'm starting to realize how monumental that is to the team, to the city of Oakland, to playing in Oakland Alameda Coliseum. I realized how historic that will be for years to come. It will probably be a future trivia question. Yeah, it, it, it definitely will. And I think that, um, who was the guy, Mac? M- Mike Mayock. Mike Mack, excuse me. Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock. Mayock, excuse me, I'm saying Mac. Mike Mayock, I think this was a very enlightening because I didn't know that he was going to be the Raiders GM, and with him being an analyst as a background, I think that's really good for our front office. I think that they're, he's going to be able to develop and go and recruit sharp shooters that are good for the team because we cannot have another 2018-2017 season here in Las Vegas. We're just not allowing that. Yeah, and with, of course, with... Um John Gruden on a 10-year, $100 million contract, you're not going to allow subpar performances every year, but you're not going to cut bay with him one year. But C.J. Anderson said he's build, he was on team one week and he went to the Super Bowl recently with L, the L.A. Rams. He said, John Gruden is building the team the correct way. Mm-hmm. And he said, give it time because he is doing what needs to be done there. And if C.J. Anderson saw that in one week, that just speaks volumes about what head coach John Gruen is actually doing there. Yes, um, there. If you guys don't, you guys not in Las Vegas listening, we drive past. I know I do. I drive past the stadium. Oh, same here. Every day. Uh, every every night after when I drive home, I drive past the stadium. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed by how much that has gotten completed. I think they're like 30% completed now. Yeah. Or something. It's, uh, it's amazing to see the whole structure around it. You know, mm-hmm. the, as you know, we we both go to UNLV. And, the, you know, it'll also be UNLV Stadium. But for UNLV's new football stadium, but it'll, it's, going, it's amazing the progress that they've done on it already. It, it's like I can see the bones of it, which is like outstanding because a couple weeks ago I haven't. I flew over it a couple – about a month ago because I went to the Browns-Broncos game in Denver and it was, ju- it was just amazing to see the aerial view of the stadium. It was like a whole nif- different world. I got to see where they're going to have the uh, motorized field and how and the whole surrounding of it. It put it all into perspective, which is great. Yes, we cannot wait for this 2020 season, and we cannot wait for you guys to hear more from Spitting Silver and Black. You are listening to Spitting Silver and Black on the Silver and Black Pride Podcast Network on SB Nation. Yeah! Good night, guys. Have a great one.